The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everybody, welcome again to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast and it's been a busy week for the Mills. Uh, we're a day late but there's been plenty happening in the in the day of delay. We have an, another apology and another sign. We also have a preview to talk about, we'll talk about the Sunderland game coming up tomorrow afternoon as well. Um, yeah, be a fun one. Uh, Danny's with us first of all. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing alright lads. I had a nice little camping trip away. Um there was a fair bit of alcohol involved and we got quite a lot of lorries to toot their horns at us from a motorway bridge, so I'm a very happy man. That's a strange thing to do on a holiday. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, well, yeah. Especially the one that flashed all his lights at us, that were ace. <laughs> Did you go in a nursery, Danny? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. okay, just checking. Um, Mick's with us, as you can hear, Mick back in the car park in North Wales. How are you doing, Mick? Uh, I'm all right, mate. Rather damp tonight, this evening in Wales, but never, never mind. What a shock. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought. Ah, and Lewis Old's back with us. How are you doing, Lewis? <laughs> I'm good, chaps. Good. Happy to be back on. Glad to, be, glad to, be, glad to have you aboard. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you've liked the episode and subscribed to the YouTube channel as well. Um, we're going to get last week out of the way. We're going to finally get last week out of our system and, and talk about the apology um, that came through. I mentioned on another show did last night that we've now got more apologies than points on the board, Mick, which is something. Um, so, anybody doesn't know, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Madley came with Howard Rebels, who was the head of the PGMWL, and Kevin Friend, who is basically head of Premier League, the referees outside of the Premier League, from what I can understand. So, big bosses meeting Mick uh, at, at, at Roundwood. An apology. Um, apparently the first yellow, yellow card was incorrect. Thoughts? Yeah, well, it was. I mean, we know that, don't we? And it's been subsequently proved to be true over the whole of that weekend. Um, there's, there's two parts to this, aren't there? There's, there's, the, there's the, the fact that we're two games into the season, we've already got two apologies from two different referees for two different mistakes that they've made. Uh, well, more than two different mistakes that they've made throughout the course of both games. So that's that's one side of it, which... It's not good enough. We know it's not good enough. Um, it, it, it leaves two players, um, one on one now on three yellow cards and one on two yellow cards after one game. You know, it, it, it's it, oh, sorry after two games. It, it, it's it's just madness. But apology or otherwise, there's nothing that can be done about that, is there? You know, the rules are what the rules are, and I don't think that they are um, they're put in place necessarily by. PGMO, PGMOL, the FA, or or whatever, their IFAB rules, mm. you know. And I, I think this this idea of 
not being able to changing the rule of not being able to um, appeal a yellow card is not going to change anytime soon. And I don't think Howard Webb and his, his team have got any in, input on that. To be fair, um, so you know that's that is what it is. Um, it's disappointing that we've had to get to that stage, get to this stage. But again, you know, they've got to they've got to do the job properly, and and they're and they're clearly fully aware of that. Um, and and hopefully standards will improve. He says, you know, we've been saying that for many years now, haven't we? So I don't think any of us are going to hold our breath on that point. On the other side of it, I tweeted about this the other day. I know, I know, we can. It's very, very easy to be cynical about the fact that, you know, we've had another apology, but to to have the head of referees, the head of, the head of EFL referees, and the actual referee who made the mistake, come to us, mm. um, and make the apology. I'm sure Mr. Madley wouldn't have come of his own free will. He's obviously been made to do that. I think he's a step in the right direction. Um, it takes it takes some some balls from Madley to do it, or even the even despite the fact he's obviously been told to do it. Um, so you've got to, for me, is he, he earns a little bit of respect for that. It's clear, again, to me, that Howard Webb is 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 taking steps to make referees more accountable, and and that's exactly what that meeting was about. It was about making Bobby Madley accountable for the clear and obvious errors that he made during the course of that game, you know, and, and Howard Webb's job is to make them accountable to the managers and the teams and the clubs, not to us as supporters. That's not his role. Um, and by doing it to the club, for me, I think that's, that's a, a big step in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I like Howard. I think he's a, I think he's a, he's a top bloke. He's a Rotherham fan and he's committed without a doubt, in my mind, to, to improving standards. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I'm sure he wants exactly the same that we want as supporters, referees, to implement the, the laws of the game correctly and consistently. And the fact that that hasn't been done, and he has essentially driven the referee who made the mistake to the manager whose team he made the mistake against, and made him apologise, I think has to be applauded. That's my view. And and I, I get what everybody's saying about, you know, we we've lost two points from that game. As a, probably probably even if you take your partisan hat off, your, your Rotherham United hat off, it's probably one of the first times I can remember where they can actually say, as a direct result of the referee, we mm. lost two points in the game. You know, we can all moan about, oh, if we'd done that. But, but on this occasion, you know, we did. So we don't get that back. We've still got the other cards. However, however, what can be done would appear to be being done. And, and I think it's a good thing, personally. Yeah, I mean, the, the, obviously people are happy. Cheryl Stone says, no, actually, it's madly. He is refereeing again this weekend. I think he's doing a Premier League game as a fourth official on Sunday as well. Um, I mean, all... <laughs> Well, there's two things we ask for, Lewis, I suppose. We ask for consistency, which we don't often get. But I think accountability is massive. In, in football in general, in life in general, to be honest with you. But accountability for referees is something we've never really seen before. It's very very much been a closed close shot. Um, but this is this is accountability. You, you physically can't give us the two points. There's nothing they can do now to, to fix what they did. All they can do is come out and talk about it, apologise, and take ownership of it. Um, that's 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 all they can do at this stage. Yeah, well, I, th I thought it was refreshing that he actually came to the training ground and explained and had a like mm. a adult chat about it, really, because it's the first I've I'm, I'm sure it's happened before, but it's the first I've heard it happen to us anyway. Um, and it shows that I think Howard Webb's uh, aware of there's some going to be some saving problems with this new changes. Mm. I think I, I listened to him on um, he did an interview with Ka uh, Neville and Carragher the other day. And it was basically the same, uh, same vibe, really. It was just saying that it's not going to be perfect straight away with these massive changes. And I know we've come afoul to it, which is about our look, isn't it? But hopefully the, um, it just levels out over the course of the season. I think, as Matt Taylor said the other day, it's a 40, 46 game season. So 
hopefully this gets out of the way quickly and then um, it'll be better then. But it's, it doesn't yeah. take away how frustrating it was. No, it doesn't. Obviously, Madley's getting a lot of stick. Only thing I would say on Bobby Madley is that I said to Mick before half time, it may be my fault it all went downhill. Because I said to Mick just before half time, I thought Bobby Madley was having quite a good game. Mm. I thought for the first half, I think he got everything right. The Dexter booking was a right booking. The, the, the Cafu handball was a booking because he picked the mm. ball. But when the foul I'm given, whether it's a foul or not, that's a question. But I thought for generally, Bobby Madley had a good game until he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and they really, really didn't have a good game. Yeah. Um, so I think it's not. It's difficult, Danny, and I know how difficult it is because I was sat in the same seat as everyone else on Saturday. But you've got to take a step back and sort of say, right, he just had a stupid way. It cost us the game. He's taking responsibility. How His two bosses are aware of the situation and I wouldn't, shouldn't expect it to happen again. And like I said, what, what, what more can they do right now? Um, yeah, it's a fair it's a fair point. What more can they actually do unless we have the game replayed with a different official and see what happens? But that's yeah. never going to happen, is it? Um, I mean, my question is, like, and I know Bobby Madley went to the uh, the training ground to apologise, but it's one of them things of um, because the bosses went with him, it's like, did he have a choice in it? And they've just gone, you need to go and apologise. Like, if he'd gone of his own accord against the PGMOL and just turn up at the training ground and say, or at least inform us beforehand, I want to come and apologise for it, mm. then I think that would have given not more accountability, but a bit of a, oh, he's come out and done the decent thing. You know, like he's admitted it's his mistake. <clears throat> like, granted, an apology doesn't get us two points back, but that's sort of him taking it by the scruff of neck and going, "Yep, that's that's on me. I apologise." And then we all sort of look at it from a different vein and go, "You know, Howard Webb did say teething issues, and that was one of them. That fifteen minutes of madness." Um, I think uh, the PGMOL did have to come out and do something with it, but I think going with the two bosses just puts that little bit of doubt in your mind that it was Bobby Madley's decision. Um, they've said the club didn't ask for anything, which is fair enough. Uh, a certain account on Twitter hasn't believed that, which is also fair enough. Um, but <laughs> it, it's just a difficult one because you can sort of pick holes in everything. Like if he didn't come out and apologise, you could pick holes in that. If it was just him, you could pick holes in it. And now that his bosses have gone with him, you can also pick holes in that as well. Um, <clears throat> and we can talk about referees until cows come out on this podcast. And, you know, when they do well, we say they do well. Like you say, Matt, in the first half, we think he had a quite a good game. And then the 15 minutes of madness in the second half really let the side down. Both points wise and officiating wise, um, but yeah, it's just like, where'd you go from here? You know, because if we get another red card for whatever reason, you know, I, I do think the fingers will be out straight away at the officials, even if it's an absolutely crunching challenge. Yeah, yeah, it just feels like that's the vibe that's there, but you know, at the end of the day, what more can they do other than apologize? You know. So at least at least they've had they've had the courtesy to do that and not just dug reels in and gone oh we're right we're not going to do anything. Hmm. I don't think it, that that Bobby Madley was ever going to apologise of his own accord. I don't think that was ever going to happen. And and given given the fact that there's a hierarchy within the PGMOL, he, he wouldn't have been able to do that anyway. He wouldn't be, have been within his rights to do that because he would have been undermining his his management. The the bottom line with this is. It's good management from the PGMOL. It's good management of their staff. They've pointed out that they've made a mistake. You now go out there and you own it. You go mm. and apologise to the people that you've 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 um, always suffered as a result of that mistake, and you make sure that you get yourself sorted in future. It's, we're two games into the season, and and with a lot of new interpretations of different laws and, and different rules. It's going to take some time to get used to. There's no doubt about that for everybody. I mean, I'm back in a situation now where we start another season. I'm still not sure what offside rule is anymore, you know, because that's changed again. So, you know, that that's my problem, obviously. But the bottom line is, of course, he didn't go of his own accord. No, um, he, he was made to go and he was made to apologise. And if you think, if you put yourself in that position where your gaffer has, has pointed out to, the, to you the fact that you've made a mistake, and what you're going to do is come with me and you are going to apologise to that person. You are going to remember that. Yeah. You are going to remember that much more than if you thought, I tell you what, 
I'll just go and say, say sorry to Matt Taylor and then it's done and I'll get, I'll get rid of it. Then it's, it's out of my mind. No, 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 no. That's not what happened at all. You know, you've, you've essentially been paraded through the streets, um, it, which is what's happened, isn't it? You know? Basically. So, I, I, yeah. I think it's a good thing. I really do. We're still going to get mistakes. However, mm. this this kind of thing, to my knowledge, and like, like Lewis has said there, this is not something that's happened before. You know, the PGMOL have sat on the hands consistently for years and years and years and not mm. acknowledged anything, you know? And what they're doing now is they're coming out and they're saying, yes, that was wrong, that was wrong, that should have been a penalty for Wolves against Man United. They are coming out and they're saying it, they're owning it. So... I'm not saying that it's going to make it any different. It may not, but I suspect it probably will in the longer term. Hopefully. Uh, Nicholas Gimbal, I think, which is also think is a really important point, taking, the, taking your Rotherham fan hat off, maybe the referees have confused themselves on what to give and not what to give themselves. Yeah, these new implementations from IFAB are really confusing things. They're not they're not easy. They don't seem to be easy rules. The first yellow card was, 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 was a mistake. But under previous seasons, that would have been a yellow card as the manual going to the crowd and the other ones going. So these are changes in laws that we're all getting used to. Let's move on. 15 <laughs> minutes again on a referee. Let's move on. Um, signing. We've had a signing, Mick. Uh, Chris Tiahi finally, finally comes in. Never um, heard of him. Never heard him. Useless. Um, we should have spent more money on him, but that's what we should have done. We should have paid them over a million pounds just so we've got a bigger transfer record, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's coming, Mick. It is a club record transfer fee. Um, it's by all accounts, it, this is going to be an excellent sign. Every you talk to and listen to who has seen him play give a glowing reference, don't they? Yeah, they do, absolutely. Um, and, and we spoke to Will Will Daniels, who's, who, who knows quite a lot about him, and, and, and Will was glowing in his praise of him. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a good signing. We obviously we've known about it for, well, yeah, since his dad were a lad, haven't we? So, um, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's it, let's let's wait and see. He's obviously I can't imagine him being up to speed match fitness wise or even fitness wise at all. I mean, I don't know what he has been able to do. Um, whilst they've been waiting, whether he's been able to do any training at all. We know he's obviously been in and around the squad. Um, but, uh, yeah, good signing. And it's just a, a, another statement of intent from Tony Stewart that he's willing, again, to break the transfer record and not in the same season that we're also clearly paying, paying more money to players than we probably ever have done. So, yeah, all good as far as I'm concerned. I, I can't see any downside to it at all. Yeah, so the fee is somewhere between five hundred and eight hundred thousand. So that's based on our previous record was four hundred thousand, and and we know and we know it's the record. And uh, according to Paul Davis, Wigan had a deal that they were going to sign for eight hundred eighty thousand, but it's reported that our fee that we're paying isn't quite as high as that. So it's somewhere in that three hundred in that three hundred thousand uh, gap between five and eight hundred thousand. Um, that might sound like small change to some club. I had a message from Hull fan and Leeds fan and a Wednesday fan laughing at that side of transfer record, but that's a that's a step in the right direction that we are able to break the transfer record when as and when needed, Lewis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Could like, like Mick said, we're, we're paying a lot more for wages and that as well and loans and stuff. So mm. everything's taking a step up, and the fact that we're able to break our transfer record on top of that as well. No, I, I assume it'll be on a decent wage as well. Yeah. It's just um, another positive, definitely great signing. I've never, I've obviously looked through Twitter, I've not seen anyone say anything bad about him. All Wigan fans adore him. And um, a different type of midfielder, I think he should, uh, I think it should fit in well, really. And uh, this uh, Rathbone and Cafu and that a bit more free reign going forward if they mm. all play together and when Miles is as well. Um, yeah, I think Taylor said today that he's been training. Um, I don't know if I, I misheard it um, while it's been ongoing. Um, mm. So he might, he might not be match fit, but he'll be certainly fit fit. Um, so he might be on bench and take a few weeks to get going, but after that, he'll be playing. Mm. Hopefully. Chris Taylor says uh, that Max Power, who, who obviously can say it's an excellent signing for us and we'll probably sell him for a lot of money. I think that's possibly the plan, Danny, that you say mm. spends... Let's let's guess at six hundred thousand. Let's guess in the middle. We put six hundred thousand on somebody, a twenty-five year old. 
if he has an excellent season this season, <laughs> doubles his price, his price tag doubles, and and then and then some a little bit. So it's, it's a real investment, and it feels like a smart piece of piece of business from the club as well, to be honest. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't turn into a Freddie Ladipo situation where he was a club record fee and ended up going on a free. Um, but I, I do think Taylor and his and his team are a bit more savvy when it comes to stuff like that. Um, they'll obviously have done the homework on him and whereabouts he slots in. I mean, you know, I mean, our club record fee is 400k, 450-ish with add-ons and stuff, maybe. So if it's if if it's more than that, and I've seen a few things floating about that Wigan were going to offer 900k, um, so we know it's in between that range. That's a very um, wide range at the same time, but still quite a fair bit of money for this club. I mean, he's not quite our first million pound player. Um, there's still time. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like you say, almost like he's going to slot in there and <clears throat> and push Rathbone and Cafe up a bit, or Wilesy as well. Like, almost like that little anchor in the midfield. Interested in not up the number four shirt, mm. I will admit. He's gone for 27. Um, but yeah, like you say, I think the plan is to, is to hopefully see him go from strength to strength and sell him on for for another decent whack of money, like which is sort of the Exeter model. Um, mm. But they'll more from promote, uh, promote for him within and then go from there. But anyway, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's all about. I think with the training side of it, I think he's been personal training not with the squads because I think that might go against his work permit, which may, I don't know. Maybe that's why it took so long because he found out he was training with us and went like, oh, that's naughty. He needs to stop doing that and then we'll give you the work permit. But no, probably not. Um, so he, he might have a fair bit of fitness and I think he's joined in with the squads. Um, might not be match fit enough for Sunderland, but I'll have to wait and see with that when we do our no, squad Oh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think he'll be on bench, yeah. Yeah. It's um, um, it's an interesting fact that you've got Leeds Wednesday and Hull City fans laughing at the transfer fee because they obviously haven't looked at their own clubs and looked at the mess that they've made spending money on players, haven't yeah. they? Okay. I mean, have Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday paid a fee this window, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think they've got this guy from PSG, haven't they? Uh, I don't know how much. Um, but yeah. <laughs> they pay um, money, don't they? Their currency is tuner, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly. Um, he said in his interview that he uh, compares himself as a player to Yaya Toure, uh, but Matt Taylor's told me he wants him to play more like Casemiro. Um, both pretty good technical players, uh, and that's maybe what we've been missing. Mick, I know Cafu is an, is, is, an, is an excellent technical player, but we've we've missed that spark and that guy who's good on the ball. We've missed that. We've missed Dan Barlas. Let's let's put it. You know, let's not skirt around it. We've missed the Dan Barlas type player. And every description that I've seen of Tiahi is that he is a guy who can put his foot on the ball. He even talked about himself, himself about sort of um, sort of setting the play, but just giving the ball to his teammates. And that's mm. that's what we've been missing since January. Yeah, it is absolutely. And, and as we said, or I said, when Dan Barlasser went, you know, the chances of us replacing Dan Barlasser are somewhere between slim and not at all. Uh, so if he's if he if he can do half the things that that Dan could do. Then, then it's it's an even better investment, mm. uh, and and it would appear that that's the type of player that he is. So, fingers crossed, he he can uh, he can live up to the hype, uh, and if he can, we're we're onto a winner, aren't we? So, it's all mm. positive stuff, absolutely. Yeah, it is absolutely. Um, yeah, let's, let's hope it works out for him. After the wait is done, I, I, typical to get sent off or something or. I'll get injured tomorrow. Uh, so I hope that's not the case. Um, there's still a, a Max. They're still talking about a permanent striker, another, another permanent striker coming in. Uh, that, uh, the article of this article was not alone; it was a permanent striker. So we'll see how that plays out between now and the window closing. When's the window close? The first of January, first September, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which is two weeks today. Exactly two weeks today. The transfer window. So there will be business between now and then. It appears, and there's the loan window. He's open at the same time, and Matt Tiller also talked about getting loans as well. So it could be a busy couple of weeks, to be fair. I wonder, I wonder if that's where the value is in the late on the window, potentially. I don't know. I'll wait and see. Um, Get me yellow tie ready then. Say that again? Get me yellow tie ready then. Yeah, I'll have to go, go find it. Find oh, it I, still, I still need to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll get the shit ironed and I'll get my tie. But you don't have to iron a tie, do you? Oh dear, man. Um, <laughs> if it's a fabric tie, I think you do. If it's a silk tie, you don't. No, silk will be fine. Who wears a silk tie? I don't. It's, I it's probably not silk. It costs about four pound fifty from Amazon, so it's probably not silk. No, it's, it's not silk. Silk-like, shall I say? Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move forward to the Sunderland game. Let's start with the referee. This has been why. If you've not seen this on Twitter, I am sorry. Uh, and to be honest with you, I feel really sorry for him because I think this is a t- after our first two games and the decisions. I think this is a really tough game to referee, and it's Gavin Ward. Um, Poor Gavin, poor Gavin Ward, poor Rotherham United. Why will say for a red card to be given in the game at any time? (laughs) All I will say is that our record with Gavin Ward is pretty good. We have one defeat in our last five, which was Millwall at Christmas at the New Year's Day. Which whoever was refing that game with the loss were garbage. And his record refing Sunderland is rubbish. They've only got one win while he's been refereeing, which was against Morecambe. So. It might it might work in our in our in our favour. Um that's me being trying to be really, really positive. I'm trying to be really, really positive over there. We'll see. I'm sure Victor's not happy to see that name come up on the team whenever he sees referees come up. Um good luck. Good luck everybody. Um Sunderland away, uh Lewis, last season you've been sitting there going, God, this is tough. Yeah, I know we lost three 0 but that was the only in the season. But their, their their form all season was brilliant. They were they were they had a really good season. But Two defeats in two games. If, you've not, if anybody's not watched the scouting report we did with Graham Falky, who talks about them seriously in the striker, they don't have a striker. This might be a really good time to play them with their heads down, maybe recruitment not gone as well as it could do before the window closes. This could be a really good time to get stadium like. Mm. We said that about Stout, though, didn't we? That went well. Very <laughs> 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 um, But yeah, you're right. You're right. They've not been. Fully in the ground running, and that's uh, a balance about Ross Stewart still winning as well because he's a cracking player when he's fit. Um, they made some good signs on paper, but they've just not kicked on yet, which hopefully carries on for that day as well. Um, it's always a tough place to go. Um, mm. I'm just glad for, for ref, back to the referee. It's probably a good job we're, we're away rather than at home for the power to all get. Um, but then again, they've got a good record against him so. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a tough game. They're a good side, but uh, hopefully the, the bad form c- continues. Yeah, uh, Shilstone says exactly what you said. Isn't that what we said about Stoke? Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly what it said. They, they've picked up, they've spent a bit of money, they've spent a couple of million. Um, Joe Bellingham's coming from Birmingham for just under two million. Uh, they signed a centre half from uh, PSV from from, uh, from Holland. They have brought in a young kid from um, young striker from France. But again, these these are youngsters. This is this, this their model day, to be fair. They bring in youngsters and try and develop, which is an admirable um, way of trying to do things. But that means if you're going to have bad starts, it might take them a little bit longer to get out of a, out of a rut, to be honest with you. I think, I think that's that's the downside of having, having so much youth. Yeah, <clears throat> I do think so. Who was, who was it who famously said you'll win, uh, you'll win nothing with kids and look what happened? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll answer on it. Mm. Yeah, but I, I think with Sunderland, like it's sort of like the right thing to do, sort of in in football now. You know, like buy the new yeah. players, young, develop them, and then sell them on. And whilst they're still at um, in the prime of their careers, um, but like you say, it does lead to slow starts sometimes. You know, it's like um, I don't know if it's going back a bit, but you know, the really young Man United side, they had slow starts in the Premier League with younger younger players and they still came good and ended up kicking on. Um quite possibly the case for Sunderland as well this season. Um I I mean we said this about Stoke. We felt it was the right time to play Stoke, you know, a lot of players, big turnover, you know, could play into our favour and we got absolutely battered. Um but it could be the case for Sunderland again. I'm not, I'm gonna put a jinx asterisk next to that because I've probably jinxed it. <laughs> Saying it could play into our favour, but stereotypically it could do. Mm. Um, so, well, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see with Sunderland because have we ever won at the Stadium of Light? No, that, that's very good transition, Danny. Um, hey. we, uh, we we have not won in thirteen visits to Sunderland. Uh, the last win was in nineteen fifty nine. Um, Mick might just remember that. 
Um, so if if you do if you do remember what was winning at Sunderland, yeah, you're well done because that was a long, long, long time ago. I think it's about four or five years we had the Stadium of Light. If it weren't for Icky, we would have won at the Stadium of Light. Um, mm. But you know, those, that's in the past. Let's move on from that. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, the good thing they do, the good thing for Sunderland make is that they have Tony Mowbray, who I, who I rate very highly as manager, is, is as knowledgeable and as, as as experienced as they come, really. So from that point of view, you've got to be wary of managers like that because he can he, he will be able to turn around at some point, won't he? He will, yeah, absolutely. The, the thing about Tony Mowbray, and I think I think Blackburn fans um had an issue with this uh, whilst he was there, and he's not a particularly dynamic mm. manager. You know, he he, 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 he he kind of strikes me as being one that is is, is stuck in his ways a little bit. Uh, but he's had he's had a lot of success, so you know you can't um, you can't criticise him, I guess. Ultimately, so um, I mean we 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 we're talking about what we said about going to Stoke and everything else. You know, it was our problem at Stoke. It wasn't necessarily that Stoke played particularly well, but we played particularly badly. Mm. Um, and and that that is my concern, not only for Saturday really, but for the season at the moment, as, as to understanding what Matt Taylor's um, tactics are going to be at, uh, playing away from home. It is a worry if if the way we started the game at Stoke, trying to soak up pressure and and everything else, is 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 the way he's looking to play away from home, because I, I don't think we're going to get any change out of that at all. Um, as we didn't at Stoke, and as we didn't for the bulk of last season as well. So mm. I feel that you know, if you're gonna, ultimately, if you're going to go from home and try and soak up pressure, you're going to lose. You're going to lose the bulk of the games, and we can say that from history. History tells us that, you know, in this league. So there, there seems to me a little point in doing that. You might as well go away from home and have a go and lose, than you know, just sitting back. So. That it, it, I'm interested to see whether or not that tactic from last season um, runs into this one in the away in the away trips, and it certainly seemed that that was the case when we played Stoke. So hopefully, hopefully we've learned from that and um, and we don't do it. Uh, Nicholas Gilmore agrees. We have to play. We have to show some attacking intent. Which I agree with. Um, Nicholas Skidmore thinks it's going to be really, uh, again, to, to, a really tough game. They play flat all the time. We are poor away from home. That's what we are way better this time. Yeah. Um, and today, Lawrence Song, Tony Mowbray, he tends to have a good first season. However, he can drop off as he does, as he has done at Borough Coventry and Blackburn, which is, again, also true. Um, well, this is, that's, that's another point. Sorry, Matt, for interrupting. That's another good point. You know, season after season in the Championship. You get teams who are either in the playoffs or pushing for the playoffs one season, and the next season they're scrapping, yeah. they're scrapping to stay in the division. Um, you know, Ala Barnsley went down, Huddersfield last season. You know, mm. so so maybe, maybe just maybe, uh, Sunderland may find themselves in that this season. I mean, let's hope so from our point of view because it drags somebody else down there, and, and we're playing them on Saturday. You know, well, yeah, especially if they've got the recruitment right in terms of getting a proper striker in. You need a strike, obviously. That's massive. Um, they've still got Jack Clark, who is a brilliant player, throws himself around a bit, which will please make no end. Um, but still an excellent player. 
<laughs> uh, he's still an excellent player and causes massive problems at Stadium Art last season. Um, so he's, he's, he's the one to watch out for, realistically, um, from the Sunderland side. Unless if you want more of that, you can watch the scouting report uh, on YouTube um, with Graham Falk, uh, which is good. You can, you'll build his cat in the background meowing uh, if you're interested. Um, so yeah, go have a listen, go have a listen <laughs> and watch that. Um, back on to us, though, Lewis. Other than Onyi Dimna, this is a potentially good weekend for us because Andre Green and Grant Hall and Tom Eaves should all be available. I think Hall's closer to closer to not being available than the other two, but we are turning a corner in terms of players that are going to be available. We'll probably fill a bench. Uh, add TI in there, in there as well. We've got four extra players available that weren't available last, last weekend. So we're starting to get a proper squad again. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a balance where you can fill the bench in it before a game. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's a big bonus. I think Andre Green's come back at the right time with that with that death red card last week. He probably comes in straight away on on the wing, possibly for the one change. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really change anything other than that. But it just gives us more options with players coming back and be even better in three or four weeks' time. When fingers crossed, most most people are back and uh, we're spoiled for choice. But we've just got to get through this little period now when people are struggling for fitness, don't we? But this step in the right direction, definitely. Yeah. Interesting to see how we're going to set up, Danny, because we just mentioned we need to, we're away from home. Um, we need to show a bit of intent. We need to be be aggressive, so to speak. But we're, we're lacking options. Well, last week we had Omni Dimner, who was attacking probably the left or right. It was a problem. It was essentially 4 3 3 with a Dauphin, Cafu, and Apple in the middle. Can Andre Green do that job? I, I don't. I didn't see him as maybe that type of striker. But if you do that, then the downside is you've got Wiles who's been off it, and Andre Green playing in maybe two slightly unfamiliar positions. So you could have offer all the positive things I just mentioned. You could have a slight issue there. Oh, you're on mute, Danny. Um, yeah, we sort of saw Green deployed as uh, like a num- sort of almost like a number two striker. Like mm. obviously, like the number two striker when you're two up top uh, during his trial phase. But other than that, we've not we've not been able to see him because he's been injured. You know, which a few I saw a few people criticising why have we signed someone when he's injured. But it's like, you know, we we saw the the spark in him. But anyway, but I do think um, during his previous spells in in English football, uh, he has played on the left of like. Of, of your front three, like not quite an out and out winger, so he's a bit more attacking, like inside attacking minded. Hmm. Um, but maybe he could go there if we're deploying a three, you know, have Hugel in the middle with um Green on the left and um Odiyama on the right. That's a possibility, and I quite like the sound of that. Um, and then have your midfield three of of Cafu. Um, a dolphin and uh, and Tyhe, because uh, like you say, Wiles seemed a little bit off it in the Blackburn game. Could mm. do with the rest, but then Wiles is the sort of player where he might look like he's playing poor, and then suddenly he has that magic moment in a yeah. game. Um, so that's a bit of that's a nice headache to have. Um, but I, but also I think with Andre Green coming back fit now, it, again it gives us more options to play up top. You know, we could play with that two up top. Um, but also play with the three and just push him out a bit wider. Uh, same with midfield. If we want to play with two up top, it could put um, more attacks down the channels, playing with your two proper wingers, but then changes it into midfield where you've only got your two, etc. It just puts more strings to a bow, really, having effectively more players available and having a different midfield dynamic, you know, because Cafu was like, you're big, strong, <clears throat> big, strong midfielder and Wiles is your... Little Terry who chases after everything, and then Wiles he's like your attacking minded one. Um, we've sort of converted a dolphin into playing in that role as well, and then Lindsay sort of is like the um the on course Rathbone. You know, if he's flagging a bit, Lindsay comes on and more or less does the same job now. Um, but with Ty he's more of your you know, your two push up and be your attacking midfielders, and then he's your anchor rather than it being sort of flipped and Wiles just being the singular attacking midfielder. So again, just different dynamics, which is um, something you need in the championship. You need multiple ways to play. And I do think in previous seasons, barring the interchange season last season, where we sort of had to like take one style, slowly transition into another one and then implement that. 
Um, I think we have been quite one-dimensional. You know, like with Paul Warren, it was five-four-one uh, a lot of the time, mm. uh, and then tried to play with wingers, but still only had one up top. Whereas this one, it almost feels like we can have multiple options, which might be why. And again, uh, theorising here, it might be why we've stopped doing uh, positional um, squad mm. tweets. You know, like, and telling you mm. how we line up. Yeah. Because if we line up one week three five two. And then the next week, four three three. It still gives teams that little bit of time to look at the the position, the positions in the team sheet, and gone. Oh, that's what they're playing. Right, we'll go with plan. I don't know seven, and that's how they counteract that. Well, that's what we didn't know. We, we we struggled to work <laughs> out until they started playing. We struggled to work out what formation we. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it, again, that I mean, I know it's only the slightest of slight edges. But for a team, for a team like Rotherham, <laughs> aha, in the championship, um, you need to just keep them guessing as long as you can because it could just about play into your favour. I mean, look what happened against Blackburn. You know, I don't think anyone is expected to be two 0 up, and then a certain someone decided to act up, and then it, we we lost two points. But now it's like <clears throat> with Green again, like I said, just different option. Different option in multiple positions. All right, it might need a bit, a bit of getting used to in one position or the other. But so far, anyway, it seems like we've signed versatile players mm. that can play a num- in a number of positions and a number of roles. Like Matt Taylor said in his interview, <clears throat> a tag he likes to think is your sort of Yaya Torre character. But Taylor's seen that he has the capability of playing the same type of football as Casemiro, but wants him to watch that. Mm. You know, it's again versatile. That seems to be our go-to at the minute. Versatility. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely does. Um, yeah, Nicholas will rightly points out Linz is moving in the right direction as well. I don't know how close he is. I don't think he's ready for this weekend, but that's positive. That's not, that's not, that's a big positive. Um, Shelley asks, with Chris coming in, do who do we think he replaces? Mick, I suppose first of all, would you? How surprised would you be to see Ti start this weekend? I'd be amazed if he starts this weekend. I'd be very, very surprised. I just can't see that happening. He may make the bench, and but that's all I would have thought. I can't see him starting. Um, the way things are at the moment, I think the clear and obvious um, uh, person to make way will be Ben Wiles because of his form mm. um, and a little uh, jig about in, you know, a rejig in that in that center uh, center of the pitch. Um, but I suspect what will happen. Uh, it might be it might be hacks. That uh, makes makes way. Um, mm. Might be a dolphin that makes way. Um, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. It's a good, like we've said, like Dennis said previously, it's a good problem to have. So, you know, it's uh, it's not our problem either. It's Matt Taylor's. So, <laughs> our job is just to criticise him when it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Our, it's not our problem until he gets it wrong. Then we won't. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's work, I think so. Yeah, so this is Kathy Wally and Chris as a three going forward potentially. Be really harsh on the Dauphin though, Lewis, would it? Because he's been excellent and he was he was one of the best performances last week. But who would you drop? You're not going to drop, never drop Ollie Rathbone because he's Ollie Rathbone and Kathy just seems like that X Factor kind of player. So it's probably going to have to be Wiles and a Dauphin that make make way. Yeah, a Dauphin is the obvious one. So then you can play uh, him and Kathy can basically swap positions then and say he can play a bit defensive. Um, but yeah, it's good to have the options because even like, even Mick says, even Wiles can drop out, and if you do a, a bit of a switch for formations and j- jumble them up a bit, it's uh, it's good to have the options. But we're, we're, it's good having versatility as well. But it's quality versatility as well. The ball really good players. It's not just mm. they're average in different positions. They seem to be quality in various roles. So great stuff. Mm. Absolutely. Moving into the defense, Danny, we could see. The, the same back four for the first time ever under Matt Taylor, probably, uh, this weekend. Because Man, I yeah. can't see a reason there's no injuries, touch wood, there's no injuries yet. And the back four, up, again, up until, the, up until the red card, or even up until the first goal, back four was excellent. Lim- Limbikisa, um, Cameron for his Tyler Blackett and Cohen Bramall. I can't think why he would want to change that. I thought they were excellent. Yeah, I thought, well, obviously I wasn't at the game, I was just listening to it, but... Um... Other than the penalty incident, from what I remember, Blackburn didn't really get a serious sniff until we went down to 10 men. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be more than happy to see um, that back four again. I suppose the only real shuffle that we're going to have to see 
at least starting eleven wise is um Odayuma coming out. Mm. Yeah, I've probably butchered that not spelling. I got it right on Radio Sheffield the other day and they said, Oh well done. But anyway. Um yeah, that's gonna be a running theme for this season, by the way. Me mispronouncing names. Right. It was bad enough last season. Either. Yeah, it's 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 bad enough last season. This season it's a whole different thing. Anyway. Um, yeah, the name dropping that you've been on Radio Sheffield as well, Daniel. Yeah, and I'm going to be on um, <laughs> on Saturday at quarter past two as well. So if anyone wants to oh, listen my to my man. preview and more <laughs> sprouting off about football, tune in. Well, hey, why do they never ask me? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder why. There'll be, there'll be a question about referees involved, and that might be one. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, I would keep the same. The same back four, um, just because they've just performed well together, and I think, mm. uh, well, granted, we've only got how long is it now? Two hundred and ten minutes worth of football over two matches to really get this comparison. But I do think we play better with a back four than a back three. Yeah. It just gives us a bit more. Oh, how do I describe it? It gives us a bit it's more comfortable. Yeah, and it sort of like bulks us out a bit more yeah. in the back. You know, I think. Having four in front of you across a flat back line almost feels a bit more intimidating to the other team than just having your three and then two players further up. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't know, I'm just thinking back four is the way to go. And even with um, with Dexter and Cohen running up the flanks, they've still got the wider three in front of them. So that could cause overlaps, it could cause a passing route. Um, or it could provide a little dummy inside and then you go through midfield. We'll have, we'll have to see which tactics we, imp- we implement there, but I do think a back four is the way to go until we get battered by somebody playing a back four. But well, not happened yet, so that's my tea on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering some of the players, uh, Blackett's been really good in a back four. I wonder if he maybe he prefers a back four to a back three. Um, Sean Morris has not yet quite worked in a back three. I think both times they played last season, I think it was the back four. So again, we, he hasn't played well in the back three just yet. Early, very, very early days, like three games he's played or whatever. Mm. But still, um, that that is interesting to me. Make any other changes that you've been making that uh, to any of the team? I said on you, will obviously come out. Um, what, probably Andre Green. Anything else you would change? No, I don't think so. I thought I thought the way that they played against Blackburn was was excellent in the main until uh, until the red card. So, uh, just go again doing the same thing, you know. And and I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. Um, there was enough to see in that uh, in that game show that we're going to give teams a, a, a proper mm. a proper go this season. Um, and when we're not we're not fully up to strength yet either. There are going to be more. Uh, more incomings. So, um, no, uh, back four is definitely the way to go. In my view, we look a lot better, a lot stronger, and a lot safer at the back. So, uh, yeah. but it depends, like I said earlier, on what his intention is in terms of playing away from home and whether whether he is going to change or not. Who knows? Hopefully not. Uh, we can't do the same as what we did at Stoke, I think, because that's the obvious. If you play a lot against most teams in this division, you're going you're gonna to lose quite comfortably. Um, just away from the side, Nicholas Gomez said it's also good to see Taylor wanting to sort out a new contract for Cam Humphreys, even though he still has two years left, would be would, would give us a great fee at some point if he was to go um, with the length of contract. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with Victor at Christmas, when he's had the contract at Christmas, it, it, protects, the, it protects the club, obviously gives, that, gives the player himself a, 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 some great security as well. But I think that's a really good step in the right direction. Really positive. Obviously, there's talks still going with Wilesley and Rathbone. We, we may not get positive outcomes on both of those, but we'll wait and see over the next couple of weeks, potentially. If Wilesley's on a new contract, but could we see him leave in the next two weeks? Look, that's something to keep an eye on as well. Let's do some score predictions um, for Saturday for tomorrow. Danny, what do you reckon? Um... You know, I think it's going to be the first win at season. I'm going to say 1 0. Like it. What positivity, Lewis? Um, I'll say 1 1. I think it'll be tight, but I think we'll be playing much better with it at Stoke. Okay, I'm going 2 1. Uh, I think it's a potentially a good time to play them. If you, as we know, we're staying like on other, other grounds. Like, if you can get an early goal, it can turn to, turn to a very, very tough place for the home team to play in. 
Um, getting all the goals, similar to the home game last week, last season. A couple of goals were probably, were probably making it nervous for us. Uh, Mick, what do you reckon? Well, if you get an early goal, it'll be empty by half time, won't it? <laughs> it's a bit like it's a bit like Swillsborough in that respect. They seem to have got a, 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 a really decent number of hardcore supporters and probably just same same number of hangers on who, uh, you know. But anyway, that, that's just anecdotal, and I don't really know what I'm talking about. So, uh, listen, I'm going to keep going for this one until we get it. We should have had it last weekend, so I'm going to go two 0 Rotherham. I'm going to be positive. Okay. Fair enough. Christopher says 1-1. Brian Edwards Alex says 2-1. Nicholas Gilmore says 2-1 to Sunderland. Powermatt says 2-1 to Sunderland and Victor be sent Victor to be sent off by his favourite ref. Oh, imagine if Victor gets sent off for elbowing someone in their eye socket by Gavin Ward. That'd be so ironic, wouldn't it? It'd be very, very ironic. Um yeah. YouTube says 2-0 to others. Cheryl Stone says 1-1. Noel Jordan says 1-0 to the Millers as well. Um yeah, let's be positive. Who knows with with this this damn club? Um, but after last Saturday, I, I can't. I don't know you 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 guys, but I can't feel anything but positive about about the about Rotherham United. I was I feel like we're in a really good place. You know, we lost four one in the opening game, I suppose. Um, but we feel good. We feel set and ready to go again. Personally, I don't know. All I'm saying is we've we've scored in every one of our games so far this season. Yeah. Mm. Have we and, had a and, and, goal yet? By the way. Um, no, we'll gloss over that bit of it, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think a lot of Rotherham fans, um, not issue but like concern that's a better way of putting it. I think the main concern was like, where are the goals going to come from? Yeah. Um, and I mean, we found four in three games, which you know, it, it doesn't sound the best on paper, but um, it's somewhere to start. You know, um, uh, and just, just keep cracking on. As soon as the strikers find the vein of form, mm. that's when we're away. You know, because who, who scored for us so far? We've had Peltier score for us. JJ and then got Morecambe. injured. Ah, JJ against yeah. uh, against Morecambe. Yeah. yeah, the only striker to score. Uh, who's got against Blackburn? We're Adolphin and Only He's sort of a striker, isn't he? Forward. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, we'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, Adrak says, uh, Let me know why it's the, the video pass is not available I follow audio only. Uh, so yes, yeah, well, if you in the UK, it's Saturday, three o'clock, so you can't watch it. And I follow, mm. I know uh, we're not used to that with the stadium of light and ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's in daylight. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, if you're not in the UK, I can't answer that, I'm afraid. Um, I don't know because as, as much as we think we know about football, we actually don't work for the EFL. Sadly. You know, it's like, but if 20 years of job, we'll soon sort the house out, I'm telling you. Would you want to work for EFL, though? I it seems very corporate, <laughs> though, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure you know, I want to work I mean, I, I mean, I'd quite like dishing out points deductions to some teams who actually deserve them. That would be my, that'd be my department all over, just out with little typewriter going, right, minus three few, <laughs> minus three few, minus three few, big points deductions. You know what, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just seven... <laughs> ah, we, have, ah, we have we have Rick Parley and then some random referee just dishing out minus points to some team. I'm <laughs> have you got yeah. who you got there, Rick? I've got Wigan Athletic. How many points have been took off? Minus thirty. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, a game show idea. That that's a great idea. It is a good idea. They want to bring in a bigger audience. That's how to do it. Yeah, give Anton Deckering. What are they up to at the minute? Saturday night takeaway. No, Saturday night point deduction. <laughs> uh, is there anything else rather than United related that we would need to cover tonight before we wrap it up and go and enjoy the rest of our Friday evenings? Evening. Well, I think we're about done, aren't we? Yeah, mm. a quick one tonight. Yeah, you can mm. mind my rest for ten more minutes if you want me. No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not over it. Don't get me wrong. However, all, all, I all, 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 all I'll say is right on referees, right? I know, I know Mick doesn't want to rant, but I'll say something as well because I saw in the comments about the corner that was given as not a corner. Mm. Um, it seems to me that the the man in the middle, like sometimes quite rightly, does get the majority of the stick from fans because he's almost like the figurehead of the game. Um, it's interesting that we don't really see um, assistant referees get as much stick. 
Mm. You know, like like when they give offsides, like, like I said earlier, mate, at the start of the show, the offside rule seems to change season to season. So does that like I don't know, almost waive their criticism because they've got like just they've got one perspective of the game for the entirety of it, like, or is it just the natural thing to go to the one who actually has the whistle? If you, if you sit next to Mick, and you, I think I think there's a reason that there's no liner in front of our stand. Well, just I mean, I, I should. I, this is a stupid question, and I do apologise. Where are we with the offside rule this season? Are we back to daylight between players again now, or? I don't think so. No, I think they want to bring yeah. that in. I don't mm. think we're back to that yet. Well, where are we then? Same, 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 same. Well, the only thing that's changed is is the defender playing the ball. That's the only thing that's changed. And I'll be honest, I don't fully understand it. Yeah, right, fine. Can oh. we just not play offside? Just for laugh. Yeah, just bring in a goal line rule, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. If you if you are yeah. legit the last man between the the mm. other player in the away team shirt and their goalkeeper, you are quite clearly offside. Yeah, do that. I think so. I would if you're listening. Come on it. <laughs> uh, Bill always wants to mention the Bristol City game being on Sky. Whenever I can't remember exactly the exact date for it. Fourth of October. Yeah, early October. Moved to a third, Wednesday night and a slightly later kick off at eight o'clock. Um, odd game to put on telly, to be completely honest with you. Um, but thankfully, the only positive is it doesn't. It's not a Saturday night, Saturday game moved to Sunday at twelve o'clock or Friday at eight. It's just a day later and fifteen minutes later. So I don't really mind that one, to be honest. I don't know anything else we can disagree. Yeah. Is Sky doing their uh, their job for the fans again, isn't it? You know, for any Bristol City fans wanting to travel five or six hours on a Wednesday night. You know, just make it a little bit later. And the day after. Yeah, exactly, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, for for us, we've got sort of like the, um, almost the luxury of it being at home, you know, Mm. because I guarantee if it was away, there'd be like 200 people go, if that. Yeah. To that one, well, uh, but yeah, you know what I mean, we've done this before. Well, with I'm sure, I'm sure we had a midweek game on telly with them before. Um, mm. I, mean, I mean, it's kind of trying to force some sort of strange rivalry between us and Bristol City, like just because they beat us last season. That were bad, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Us and Middlesbrough always tend to be on telly, though, don't we? Mm. Mm. We yeah. love. And also in yeah. Cardiff as well. That's a weird one. Mm. Yeah, that one will tell you because it, it rained, though, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, and it will be this season as well. Hey! It will probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, let's end it there. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. If you haven't watched the Sky Report, do go over. And now we're finished. So you go and watch that because it's interesting to pick up a bit more information on Sunderland. It's quite an in-depth one um, from Graham. So go and have a check out of that one. We will be back in our normal slot on Sunday, uh, where we will look back at hopefully um, a game that's not impacted by referee. That's what we're hoping for. Um, we'll wait and see. We'll be as positive as we can with that one. But that's Sunday night as normal. Then we'll go back to the normal Thursday from next week onwards, um, barring any issues. Um, please subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done already. Make sure you've liked this video as well, uh, whenever you watch it, whether it's Facebook or YouTube. If you're watching it, listening, sorry, on iTunes, it's quite far on the way to the game, probably, maybe. Um, safe journeys and make sure you've subscribed to the video to the audio on iTunes Spotify and give us a five star rating. Um, thank you, Danny. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. It's a pleasure, mate. Yeah, no worries at all. Always happy to do these nights, lads. And Lewis, uh, pleasure to have you back with us, mate. Yeah, no worries at all. Always a pleasure, lads. And Mick, uh, thank you. And I hope the cop is still open for you to purchase some beer. Yes, I will. And it stopped raining, which is another bonus as well. Oh, that's reminded me. I've still got two Stella from camping. Well, hey, happy days. <laughs> yeah. Well, is off to go to the fridge, and yes. we will see you all on is this, Sunday. Is he going to go to the fridge and then motorway bridge? <laughs> I mean, it's a fair walk to the M18 from my house, yeah, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll see you all soon. Thank you for being with us, and up the mills. Up the mills. Up. It's a wild world through a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringer. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, yes. Rotherham United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolfi. He can hit them. And he does. Oh!
secured their championship status for next season. Do me a favor, drop me off in The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.